Good morning. At this time, we had a chance to speak with Daniel Smith, leader of the UCP, hoping to be elected premier at the end of this month. And this morning, we have an opportunity to speak with Rachel Notley, leader of the NDP. She's been premier once as well, and she wants to be re-elected too. Um, Ms. Notley, thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate you joining us today. Well, good morning. I'm uh, looking forward to the chance to chat with you and your listeners. Um, I, I wasn't planning to start here, but I do appreciate you being on the show. I was just going through your Twitter, and you, you tweeted out this morning, if Danielle Smith can't handle questions, she can't handle the job. It's that simple. Yesterday, you tweeted out, Danielle Smith is hiding from the media on day two of the provincial election campaign, applying for a job and failing to show up for the interview. To me, there's a bit of hypocrisy here, because... There's a well-known columnist in Edmonton who's been with the Journal forever who publicly stated this week that he's been told you won't be talking to him throughout the campaign. We've all seen video where you've refused to answer questions from certain reporters. You've had some reporters escorted out. How can you be critical of her not speaking to the media when we have evidence you've done the same thing? Well, I mean, first of all, let me just say that that I think it really is important that um, during an election campaign, a, a politician does make themselves available to the media, answers questions, and of course, uh, as I said, as you as you repeated, I do think that uh, you know, you when you apply for a job, you need to show up for the interview. Now, I don't know uh, honestly about the columnist you're referring to. There's there's no columnist uh, in Edmonton that we've said we won't speak to, um, and in fact, we're quite open. It is true, however, for sure, um, that there is one media um, organization that, uh, you know, very conservative one, which, quite frankly, I've been very happy to take questions from throughout my, pretty much since it was established, uh, I think four or five years ago. Um, and and that's been great, uh, because I do think it's really important. The challenge with that one media organization, however, uh, is that a very short time ago, they uh, writing a couple columns that amount to hate speech. And it was directed at one of our MLAs and it was designed to incite hate um, against her on the basis of uh, her sexual orientation. And so because of that, we said, listen, that's that's too much. Um, you're going to have to retract it and we're happy to continue talking to you then. But that is the only um, organization that we are having that conversation with. And I'm happy to to have conversations with any other folks, uh, including uh, anyone you might be referring to in Edmonton. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll double, I'll, I'll circle back on that. It was pretty well documented earlier this week, um, so we'll see. And interesting if there's any follow up uh, after this. Um, okay, let's get into some of the statements that have been made this week as the campaign gets underway. Um, you announced uh, Monday, I believe it was, the fix for healthcare, mm-hmm. and we know that's top of the list for a lot of Albertans. Um, Four hundred million dollars to go and hire more healthcare workers. Uh, the question I have for you is mm-hmm. hire them from where there's a statement out from the canadian medical association this morning saying listen this is a problem across the country we've got to find out what we're going to do to get access to-. i mean where are you going to find 400 million dollars worth of healthcare workers <laughs> well so the the idea around that plan is is uh to hire more uh there's different elements of the plan but the idea is to hire more allied health workers so more nurses more uh more counselors more mental health therapists more dietitians um more pharmacists those kinds of folks and 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 put them into doctors offices beside doctors and then you have that that particular doctor and they are then able to see more folks 
So that's the model, and we've seen it work. We've seen it work in uh, in southern Alberta in one small clinic. We've seen it work in Ontario. We've seen it work in other jurisdictions. And the and the numbers we've used to to calculate how many more Albertans would have access to family health care um, are actually uh, quite conservative, uh, based on the experience of other places. Now, of course. To, to bring more folks into uh, or back into healthcare, there's no question uh, that that we need to reestablish our relationship with many of them. Uh, we need to undo the bad blood that that happened when we ripped up the doctor's agreement. We need to undo the uh, the bad blood what that happened when uh, the UCP threatened to fire nurses in the middle of the pandemic. All that kind of stuff. Um, and then, of course, we need to recruit more. We need to uh, accelerate uh, foreign credentials. And, of course, add more spaces uh, for some of those allied health professionals uh, throughout the province. So we have a very detailed uh, uh, recruitment plan. It will be the most ambitious one that Alberta has ever seen. And uh, and, and we think that uh, we can succeed in uh, in getting those folks um, into those spots and those doctor's offices. The other announcement that came yesterday was to create jobs, um, uh, tax credits, to the tune of $400 million, um, millions more to be spent on union-led training for industrial sector jobs. We've got $400 million to hire more healthcare workers, $350 million to create 40 teams of healthcare specialists. Uh, I'm no mathematician, but we're well over a billion dollars in two days. Where does this money come from? You have pledged, right? And I just want to restate, you mm-hmm. said there will be no increases on any taxes to Albertans if you're re-elected, correct, for the entire term? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. And and thanks. Thank you very much. So not only that. So no in uh, increases on personal income tax for any Albertans for the next four years. And also we commit to balancing the budget throughout uh, okay. that four year term. So, so the question is, where does that revenue come from? You're talking about billions of dollars. Oil and gas revenues are dropping like a stone, as you're well aware. Right. Where does the yeah. money come from? If you're not cutting, you're not raising taxes, uh, and you're balancing the budget. How do those three possibly align? Well, to be clear, some of those numbers are over multiple years. So that's the first thing that we, that we have to take into account when we're adding them up. And, and then with the incentives that we're talking about with, uh, for instance, the job creation incentives and the, uh, the incentives for more upgrading, uh, in and around, uh, uh, you know, the heartland, those kinds of places, that kind of stuff. Um, it actually ends up paying for itself because those incentives are attached to, um, economic activity, uh, and ultimately, uh, tax revenues that wouldn't exist otherwise. In mo- so those kinds of incentives are, are thought out on that basis. And we know in the long term, they pay for themselves. So um, no question, we are talking about putting uh, more money into healthcare. It's necessary. The uh, UCP is still over a billion dollars short of where we would be in our healthcare if we had simply funded for population inflation. Um, there is room in the budget for that, for sure, but we have to keep an eye on the bottom line, and we absolutely will. Is it, do we need more money? Uh, the UCP says in response to your healthcare spending announcement, they put more than $2 billion in under their time in government, an increase of $2 billion. They just signed a huge deal with the federal government worth several billions more. Is it just more money? Do we just keep throwing more money at it? And it's more money, more money. That's always the answer. It doesn't seem to work. 
Well, I will say this. I mean, that's sort of the narrative that they're trying to throw out there. But again, as I say, I don't think that funding healthcare uh, to the tune of population and inflation is is really uh, offside in a big way. Um, and, and in fact, that's what you need to do if you want to maintain the quality of care that keeps people uh, able to see family doctors, keeps them able to get their surgery uh, in a reasonable time, make sure that, that the emergency room is actually open when they get there. That's, that's how you make sure that those important services are preserved. And, and the UCP has not kept up with that. What Danielle Smith has done is spent a great deal of time in her career talking about how she thinks uh, people should pay more money out of pocket for their health care. And, and so it's, a, it's kind of an old playbook uh, for some on the far right of the conservative movement um, to try to destabilize and underfund health care and then create uh, the, you know, the narrative that maybe if you just pay for it yourself, you'll get it faster. But, but Albertans care deeply about making sure that everybody can get the care they need when they need it, regardless of how much money they have in their bank account. And that's a principle I've never wavered on, and I never will. She, you know, I asked her about that yesterday, and she said she'll leave before anything like that. She, that that's a bedrock promise. She signed the health care guarantee. Um, that, that's not going to happen. Are you saying that she's lying, and, and, and Albertans should be concerned? Well, here's the thing. Uh, I uh, watched Danielle Smith make a guarantee uh, back in 2014 that absolutely under no circumstances would she ever cross the floor. Three weeks later, she crossed the floor and she took half her caucus with her. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is, is that she has a career, a long one, of not just randomly thinking about things, but very, very thoughtfully advocating for um, trying to get folks to pay more out of pocket for our public health care. It's there uh, in papers she's written. It's there on interview on, in videos she's made. It's there in interviews she's done. It wasn't a one-time thing. It was month after month, year after year. And so the question becomes: Do people think uh, they can trust that she's now made a, a, a pre-election guarantee and she signed a cardboard uh, cutout? Well, I would say she hasn't earned that trust. Uh, speaking of earning trust, I hear from people every single day who say, you know what, I, I don't trust Rachel Notley. There wasn't a word about a carbon tax when she ran last time. Six months later, we get a three, what was it, three, $3 billion carbon tax right across the Where did that come from? A lot of people say you didn't campaign on that. Um, and, and if you had, they wouldn't have voted. So, so that issue of trust goes both ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you switch after you get elected and do things you didn't talk about doing before? Well, I think uh, what I will say with respect to that was that we did actually run on having a pretty ambitious uh, uh, climate plan. Plan, yes, and, no carbon tax. Right, we we kept the we kept the door open to various. Uh, approaches to it. We didn't ever say no, we wouldn't do it. Um, but, you know, for sure, we could have done that better and we could have consulted better. Um, and, and I've acknowledged that. But I will say this, I have never, ever gotten up and said, I will not do a thing and then turned around and done it. That's not part of my leadership history. Uh, I say what I mean and I mean what I say. And I think that most Albertans, even those who don't agree with me, do know that that's part of what they can count on from me. Um, 
when we the advertising, all the campaigning, the, you you've seen it. You know how it works. It's well documented. Yeah. It's Notley is tied to Singh, who's tied to Trudeau. It's uh, vote for Notley is a vote for Trudeau. <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm wondering. We know there's a lot of people in Alberta really upset with a lot of the policies of Justin Trudeau and the Liberal government right now. Where do you? We we know our government has promised to fight the carbon tax, has put in legislation around guns. Where would you stand up and take a stand for Alberta and push back? Is there anything? that the Liberal government is doing or has done where you would stand up and say, listen, that's not going to fly in Alberta. Oh, you absolutely can count on that. I have a, a record of having done that in the past, and I will always do that. You just play on Alberta, what? Oh, well, the, the starting point, I guess, would be uh, I fought very, very, very hard uh, to get us a uh, pipeline to Tidewater, uh, the first one uh, to Tidewater in 50 years. And that came from me standing up first to Ottawa and then to my NDP colleagues in BC because that's what Albertans needed. And, and, uh, it resulted in getting it approved and getting it well under construction. And we're probably about six to 12 months away now from it being finished. So that was a clear example. Uh, just er, last year, I was the first uh, Alberta politician to uh, stand up and say that the proposed emissions caps that came out of the federal government were just not realistic. But, how, but I mean, uh, how far would you take it? If you're elected, do you say those emission caps don't apply here? Do you, how far, like, how much pushback are you willing to engage in with Ottawa for those policies you disagree with? Well, I'm going to advocate strongly uh, with uh, with credibility. I will advocate in the media. I will advocate with stakeholders. I will advocate with my colleagues across the, the province or across the country uh, where there's a strong case. Uh, I'll go to court. But here's the thing. Um, it needs to be done within the rule of law, and it needs to be done in a way uh, that has a chance of success. I have more success of getting stuff out of Ottawa um, than the UCP have. There's been a lot of tilting at windmills. There's been a lot of stoking of anger. And there has been absolutely not one iota of success delivered to Albertans through that uh, over the last four years. And and so I think that uh, Albertans need leadership that uh, has the capacity to represent them nationally and, quite frankly, internationally on key um, evolving uh, issues that we need to be leaders on um, because ultimately it comes down to Albertans being leaders on some of these new issues and and leading the country, not fighting the country. Um, Ms. Notley, unfortunately we are out of time. I do appreciate it and I hope we get a chance to chat again before the campaign wraps up.